episode, three games, three wins. We've got Mike Mitchell from CFL News Hub. He joins us to revel in the Argos glory. Plus, Nature joins the DBO. Crack those cold ones. It's the Argos Fancast. You can find us at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. We are powered by Spotify for podcasters, so go directly to Spotify. Type in Argos Fancast. You'll find us there. I am Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay on the various social media machines. And joining us, as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is our VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or join www.argofans.com for Argo's discussion. And from the double blue border, Sir Douglas of House Doubt, second of his name, Lord of Section 116. Warden of the South Side and protector of the realm. In the city, the champion city, the lions sleep tonight. In the city, the biggest city, the lions sleep tonight. You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. Uh, my voice is still a little screwed from the weekend, so I'll continue this normally. You can, fi- you can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. We also have a merch store, which includes a brand new t-shirt that our own halfback loves, because we gave him one this, this past week. He loves it. The, o- the OLED 3416 t-shirt. Go get yourself one. DoubleBlueOrder.ca And... Joining us, well, right now, until, until he can't stand us no more, from CFL News Hub, he is our American Argos correspondent, Mike Mitchell. Hey, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me on. I need to work on how I become second of my own name, or or, <laughs> or what classifies as a realm, because I can, you know, there's a lot of different things I can consider myself a protector of, so maybe I should use that. <laughs> Well, 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 I mean, if you're in, if, well, if you're in Massachusetts, you know, that's that's a realm. Technically, it's a commonwealth, uh, yeah. is it not? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Yeah, you know, God, when I hear second of his name, for some reason, I'm a Game of Thrones guy, so I'm always thinking of like Viserys and Aegon Targaryen and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, second I, of his yeah, name. I, is I sen- like these terms. Very cool. Yeah, second of his name is because my grandfather was named Douglas Ballinger as well. So, oh, that's that's, cool. that's where I got that from. And and Doug's little theme song is the Game of Thrones, so it all works out. Nice, nice yeah, metal like, cover of that. And you guys cover so many different uh, like uh, pop culture references. I love the uh, the wrestling theme too with the double blue world order. We're coming up on the we're coming up on the NWO anniversary, I believe, on the seventh. So, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Back, that's right. Thank you. Ba- Bash at the beach, nineteen ninety six. So. Oh, jeez, yeah. that, that wow. You know, it's funny, like I was talking with ben, well, our fellow friend there, a guy we all look up to, and Ben Grant, and, he, you know, you find out, like, a lot of people in this space have, like, a wrestling fandom background. Um, you know, uh, he was talking about WrestleMania 6, and 
and Toronto and the Hogan Warrior and all that stuff. And then you're having a conversation with him about all that. And it just like takes you down memory lane. So uh, I, I I love the wrestling references and the Game of Thrones. That's right. That's in my wheelhouse. Love it. Yeah, I, I was at WrestleMania six. So it, it was it was a great event. That's back when cool. I was, like, a, you know, there's, back when I was a, there's a lot lad. of people there. You know, you had Edge and Christian. Uh, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the they were in the crowd there, the competing against each other. I think Edge was a Hogan guy, and uh, Christian was a Warrior guy. So mm. somehow we got into this wrestling stuff. But it's very interesting how uh, that that whole Rene Goulet. Oh yeah, Robert Goulet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah Robert Goulet. Not, yeah, not Renee. It was Robert. Renee Goulet. was the Renee was the other one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the other wrestler, I believe. But uh yeah, Robert Goulet. I've always yeah, I can't that voice is something else. Oh Canada. It's like it's like is he putting it on? Like it doesn't sound like a real <laughs> it doesn't sound like a real but anyway, sorry I took you guys down this path. We're here to talk argos, I believe. Now you know, well, you know we're we're used to going down rabbit holes, so it's no big deal. <laughs> well, Mike, before we before we get ju- jumping in, we the people need to know where to find you. All right. Um I suck at social media, but if you want to follow me, I'm at uh, by Mike Mitchell, B-Y-M-I-K-E-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. I cover four different football leagues. I'm a complete maniac. Uh, write for CFLNewsHub.com, XFLNewsHub.com, every news hub you can think of, USFLNewsHub.com, the Jet Press, covering uh, the ill-fated New York Jets. We'll see how things go this year. So, yeah, so uh, I'm all over the place with that, so you can, you can follow me on there. I'm not much of a social media guy, however long, however long Twitter lasts which you know we never know with with musk's business but uh whether <laughs> whether or not well, that comes well to, to be fair point. threads just launched today oh you gotta check it out yeah I, yeah i'm already on it so yeah oh, per- apparently if you, if you have an instagram account it just pretty much ports everything over oh yeah, Problem so is- instagram instagram's throwing their hat in the race to kind of try yeah, to take down pro- the tweet the tweet empire or if you want to call well, it that. well, they don't. Well, re- really, they don't have to do much. The way Twitter's going, it'll burn itself down sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's like what a tricky move by Elon to like he's trying to figure out a way to like profit off Twitter. So it's like I, I refuse to, you know, pay for blue. I can understand why some people yeah. do, but uh-huh. but you know it, uh, this whole thing with the rate limits and everything else, it's all like a scam. To, to, he freaking DDoSed himself. That's what that uh-huh. was. He DDoSed himself. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's like, you know, people were saying, like, you could always see on Twitter, oh, I'm so glad this app is free. I can't believe this is free. I can't believe this is free. And Elon Musk is like, oh, yeah, you think it's free, huh? So he's, <laughs> so he's, he's, just, I don't, it's really a very strange strategy, you know. <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe it gets teared down. Maybe it, it dies a, a miserable death soon, sooner, sooner rather than later. We'll see. Well, um, we did have a game to talk about. Um, that that happened on uh, on Monday did night. I yeah, no we idea. did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. We 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 did something that I think. Well, not a lot of people outside of uh, of the Argo circle thought was going to happen. Um, <laughs> and honestly, even a lot of people within the Argo circle, sure. I did not think we were going to dominate the BC Lions like that. Yeah, that was an impressive performance by the Argos. I pick you know full disclosure i think you know which I, I it's like a running gag now with people in the argos organization they're like michael uh, when are you when are you going to pick us to win a game um <laughs> so i i picked i picked bc to win i thought you know i thought against hamilton bang, banged up offensive line defensive lineman playing on offense 
on the offensive line against Edmonton, which we saw how much Ottawa got right against uh, Edmonton. You know, they, so I was a little worried about how the Argos would stack up. Uh, but, you know, that was unfounded. Um, my worries there. I thought maybe this would be a real challenge litmus test. They passed it with flying colors. I mean, um, it's real. You know, you hate to overhype it. It's only three games. It's a long season. I've followed football for a long time now. I've seen a lot of teams get off to good starts and then, you know, fall apart or not match the hype of the early season. But I can't recall a Toronto team being this good for a long time. And I know it's been since 1991 since they started the season at 3-0. But this team is so deep, so talented, so well coached. They have an extremely underrated front office. You know, everybody loves pinball, rightfully so. He's like a great uh, face of the franchise, so to speak. But, you know, Vince Magri, Alex Russell, that front office is as good as it gets. I mean, um, they're just so good and unearthing talent. And I think people are just starting to realize, like, holy cow, this this isn't some fluke team that won the Grey Cup. You know, it isn't no disrespect to the last Argos uh, championship team, but this isn't some 500 team that went on a run late and won the whole thing, like some Cinderella team. This is a really well-put-together football team. And – you know, they clicked on all cylinders. You know, their special teams, which at times under Mickey Donovan has been, uh, you know, at times a disappointment. Even that was a big strength for the team. If they can get that unit to play up to the level of Corey Mace's defense, and Ryan Dinwiddie's a terrific leader. I mean, communicating with him um, since, you know, the crazy pandemic and the 2021 season and, and all that, you can just tell he's a stickler, attention to details. He's tough on his players. All his players that communicate with Tell me they respect him mightily as a leader. So, um, and so I'm I'm just really impressed with the entire organization. I don't want to go overboard. It's a long season. A lot can happen. Lord knows the CFL schedule is not a help to Toronto. Um, you know, with the two early bye weeks and now the crazy road trip, they're not going to be back at home until whatever it is, August 13th or what have you, against Ottawa, I believe. So it's mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a stretch there. But uh, so there's certainly some there's a long way to go, but I can't recall this Argos, everything about even the new uniforms, the look of the team, everything about the team is just looks beautiful right now. The double blue, right? Like they have a chance to be really special. And, um, and, and uh, you know, it's uh, we'll see what happens. They got they got they got to pull through and do it because, you know, they are fortunate they didn't lose anybody on their coaching staff in the offseason. And they're just so good at. You know, if you eliminated the ratio tomorrow, the Argos would still start a bunch of Canadians on their team. That's like the earmark to me. I've been following the CFL my whole life. Like, of, of the earmark, the, 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 uh, the checkpoint of a really good Canadian football league team is when it doesn't feel like the Canadians are forced into the lineup. When it's like guys aren't just, I hate to say it this way, not just, you know, fit, fitting a quota. Like, the Argos have legit big-time Canadian players all over their roster. And then beyond that, they're really good at finding hidden, hidden gems. We do this every year. And now, you know, they leave no stones unturned. And you see someone like Quantes Stiggers comes in and he's already got two interceptions. He's a key figure on special teams now. They have to keep him there. They have to keep him active. they got to find a way. Um, so, and, you know, they, he, had, he has no, like, very little to playing experience. He played in the FCF. That's cool. Fan control football, indoor league. And they're even watching that. So um, the Toronto organization is just, it's just clicking on all cylinders. It's, if you're an Argonauts fan, you've got to be really happy about how the team, it's a little bit uncomfortable, uh, uh, <laughs> how comfortable, how, unco- how comfortable it feels to be, to be a supporter. 
the Argonauts right now because it's just they have the deepest and most talented roster and they're so well run. Um, again, you know, the, the thing that stood out to me is their defense. I love the fact of how aggressive they are. Uh, Corey Mace kind of flipped the switch towards the end of last season. The, the Argos were very much a bend but don't break defensive scheme. They ran a bend but don't break defensive scheme where they would tighten up in the red zone. They led the league in red zone defense last year. And this year, they're just, you know, they're blitzing coming off the bus. So, I mean, uh, and, and it's really pressure creates diamonds. Vernon Adams had so much pressure. Uh, you know, I know that's a lot of absurd amount of interceptions, um, but a lot of that was caused by pressure. They constantly pressured him, didn't allow him to get comfortable. Um, and he for, started forcing throws. I mean, he's seeing ghosts. He's going to see Roberts and Daniel in his nightmares <laughs> <laughs> for a long time now. And what they did against BC, which is a well-coached team and a talented team, um, We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but uh, I think a lot people who follow the Argos know how talented the team is. But now I think the rest of the CFL is like, wait a minute, I, uh, holy cow! Look at this roster. Look how good they are. And the key is Chad Kelly, and even he's played under control and well, and he's just scratching the surface. He can only get yeah. better. And and speaking of Chad, Chad Kelly, uh, he was uh, 23 of 29 for 249 yards and a uh, a touchdown. Um, uh, go, going through the rest of the stats, we got Andrew Harris had a pass. Um, <laughs> um, oh, those for, CFL stats, you can't yeah. trust them. <laughs> well, he, he did have a pass. I mean, right. it, it was just so he didn't lose yards, but, you know, it was still a pass. Yep. A.J. Willette, 14 carries, 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chad Kelly added uh, 25 yards on the ground. Andrew Harris had nine, and Cameron Dukes had uh, had a couple sneaks and a touchdown uh, through the air. Uh, well, we're spreading it out all over the place. Cam Phillips, six receptions, 76 yards. Uh, Dejan Brissett, three receptions, 54. DeVars Daniels, four for 47 and a touchdown. Uh, Curly Gittens had 25 yards. Damani Coxey, 16. Unger, the third, had uh, 14 Harris had 13 and AJ Willett had four. Now, if you want to talk about spreading it out, normally when you have a dominant game like this, you see your your middle linebacker having 10, 12 tackles. Now, our middle linebacker, Jonathan Jones, the third string middle linebacker, hmm. I might have you, uh, five tackles, one sack, one interception. Robbie Smith, forced. Four ta- or four tackles, uh, Darius Pickett, four tackles, Robertson Daniel, four tackles, and three picks and a touchdown. Uh, Deshaun Amos, three tackles, Winton McManus, three, Jamal Peters, three, and an interception. Uh, Royce Mechie, three, Tom. Like, you just you just keep going. Like I think almost everybody who got on that field had a ta- had a had a had a play in the in the defense. <laughs> It was it was just fantastic. Yeah, oh, I love it. And you know, they I noticed during the game, and they, they you know, Ryan Dinwiddie's interesting comments after the Edmonton game was talking about how he thought his defense was a little fatigued um, at the end of that Edmonton game. They, he was harping on the fact that they were missing tackles in the backfield. He legitimately thought the team should have had twelve sacks rather than six. It wasn't even like half joking about that. That was like fascinating from his end. And I think they they've been they're so deep Toronto that they've been rotating guys in and out, moving them all over the formation. 
So you, you see, so it's not like just one defensive player playing, you know, the multitude of snaps and then, you know, loading up on his sack totals. Like they legitimately have a hard time fielding everybody, getting everybody on the, they just, it's it, Jonathan Jones, another example, you know, I was talking about Oquanta, just the depth on this team is, you know, they're, they're, you know, I legit, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how Jones, Jones played really well at the end of last season. It was a real find. Um, I wasn't sure how he would hold up in the middle. It's like an important position there at the Mac there for Toronto's defense. But now, like, there's so many players on Toronto. It's like, like, how do you eliminate their snaps? You want to get Costigan in plays. You want to play Jones. You, It's a good problem to have, you know. There's, there's no need to rush guys from injury. It's just a really loaded and deep. And they're doing it all together as a team. You look at that receiving core. I think a big difference with the Argos is how good. And they got this way towards the end of last season, but it's really shown itself this season team is really good at run AJ Willette is very important factor he's a tone setter um you feel confident when he's in the game and so the way how hard he runs it's hard not to the the team not to be galvanized by him and Toronto's become very good at running the football they can run on anybody and even when they were you know they were shut down somewhat against BC they again Dinwiddie making great adjustments in the second half and they changed up their their run scheme and it just kept coming after BC and coming after them. And then they eventually ended up rushing for whatever it was 138 with some odd yards when they had very few uh, in the first half of the game. So I, it's just, it's a balanced attack all the way around. And there's very few things. I hate to say, you know, it's only three games, but there's very few things the team, very few areas the team has weaknesses. Um, so, I mean, uh, they're, it, that's, they're not an easy team. Their offensive line is really good, too. The interior of the line is extremely impressive. They're so deep there. They've got six legitimate guys who can start on every CFL team. Um, we'll see what happens at left tackle. You know, a, a Cage got hurt predictably again, and Trayvon Tate was bad. You know, he's kind of hidden um, uh, uh, on Monday. But we'll see what happens there. But, you know, the, the Argos offensive line is really good, too. It's like – it's like tiresome to just talk about every area being <laughs> as good as it is right now. It's or it, they really are. They're so deep. Their backfield is so deep. You know, Wallet, and then you got Harris and Leak, and of course, uh, out of a boy, and even got kid McMahon's really good on the practice roster. There's no room for him. So the, it's just a really deep team from top to bottom. We see that receiving core. They don't have the the Geno Lewis type, although Curly Gittins Jr. is arguably the best Canadian receiver in the entire league. But from the, even their receiving core, it's they, they don't have to focus on on just one player. They can, you know, any one of those guys can can step up and be a star. And it's not it's not as sexy as BC's receiving core because they have arguably the best receiving core in the league with Whitehead, Hatcher, Rhymes. You know, Holland's a good player as well. But uh, the Argos from top to bottom have a really good roster, and they have good role players now too. You know, you got the David Ungers, Brandon Calver. I think that's the key with them. Um, you know. We'll see what happens with the bye week. You know, you hate that it's coming at this time because the team is clicking on all cylinders. But I, I think the way they're, the Ryan did, what he, how effective he is as a leader, um, you know, it's just amazing to me that the Toronto media, mm-hmm. some members of the Toronto media were calling him the worst coach in Argos history. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it wasn't that long ago either. No, yeah, exactly. You know what they're getting the, the Toronto media is going to the Toronto right. media is going to call every every rookie head coach. Uh, you know, it, they're going right. to throw them under the bus no matter what. That's just how Toronto media works. Um, yeah. But you know, it, it still like I mean, it 
it's, I mean, it's the, the worst deal. coach in history. I mean, the Argos have had some, I mean, it's a beautiful, glorious franchise. Well, you know, Look, a lot of banners. Obviously, no, really bad teams nobody too. holds <laughs> a candle to Bart Andres. <laughs> you go, oh, Skippy Hewitt was pretty bad. <laughs> he was bad too. So, I mean, they've had, and so uh, people were very, for a guy who, you know, is, as a rookie head coach, uh, you know, you know, went to the East final, I think to call him the worst coach ever. He had moments. I was critical of him, you know, some game management decisions, this, that, and the other. Sometimes play calling, all that stuff, but to call him the worst coach ever. And now where he's putting together a resume where, you know, if he keeps this up, best coach might be in the in the and I mean we still got a long way to go, but uh, yep, yeah he's he's putting together a pretty impressive resume. I you you know when you interact with him when you see how he's legit, he's really t- like players just tell me like they like him they respect him but he's really tough he doesn't put up, he doesn't put up with a lot of bullshit so um, <laughs> he just like so I, I I like his style. I like his style. I think he's a very, you know, there there are things about his uh, coaching that sometimes, you know, in the like if we're gonna pick out some stuff, you know, the first few weeks, I think he he's punting a little too much. I think the team's relying too much on you know those coffin corner punts and not not relying on Beatty's strong leg, you know, passing up field goals that he can easily make. So maybe that some of that stuff maybe I haven't agreed with some of those decisions. But hey, the three and zero and the, the team looks really good. But um, yeah, it's. It's just, you know, you just, you just look, you just, the way he delegates authority and the way he coaches the entire team is impressive to me because a lot of people were unsure if he was just an offensive coach. And that's what stood out to me. Yeah. Ryan Dinwiddie. Well, let's uh, get right, right into the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, we'll we'll start uh, start off with you, Will. What was your your uh, ugly for this game? Wasn't much, but th- th- it's so, got to be something. Um, I might point to that uh, fracas at the end there. The Argos were, you know, the Argos had a great drive in the fourth quarter. Uh, after I believe uh, Stegers had intercepted the ball, and the Argos like six seven minutes left, and you know, Chad Kelly did a good job. Between, you know, AJ Willett rushing the ball and some, you know, nice second down passes by Kelly to lead the Argos down to the red. I think they were pretty much in the red zone. And then there was a uh, Andrew Harris rush and um, the there was some uh, fisticuffs after the play. And the Argos ended up with four penalties against BC's two and backed up 30 yards. I mean, the game was more or less in the bag by then but you know that's something you don't you don't want to see your team do because you're not always going to be guaranteed that situation is you know in a blowout so you know i'm going to point that at my ugly they got to you know remain more uh disciplined there as i think a lot of those penalties may have been uh earned from retaliatory things Uh the articles did Doug, what was your ugly this week? Yeah, I would agree that was my ugly as well. From from my vantage point, it looked like what happened was Andrew Harris was coming by and gave the uh, the lineman who had lost his helmet, he gave him a little bit of a kind of just a little bit of a grazing of his elbow, and that's what kind of set everything off. And, and there you go. It's like that's the and I think that's like the first time I've almost legitimately seen second down and a mile. <laughs> Well, it was it was only that's only happened to me when I, I I forgot to pause Madden once and they were like, 
And he just kept accruing delay a game penalty. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, you know that that's. You know that that was uh, pretty much my my ugly for the week as well. Um, the the only other thing I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say is you know and and this is more um, on me, um, not realizing that the tailgate would provide, um, and uh, we we decided to have an early supper on the way to the game, and then got to the tailgate and proceeded to literally gorge my gorge ourselves on on everything that was handed to us well i mean i that's your own I damn fault me, yeah <laughs> guy's name yeah uh, far uh, smoker yeah i brought full smoker oh full well yeah full full applause to him man full complete that like just obliterated Anything anybody else has ever done at our at a Arco's tailgate. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you look at we had. Uh, well, I I missed the jerk chicken. It was um, good. Steve's it, jerk chicken was good. And and then yeah. we had the um the the Mexican chicken sliders. Yep. From uh, and th- uh, those are Dave. pretty good too. Yep. And then and then there was uh, the dip that I I also missed. That um, was pretty. That was, that was really good too. And then once uh, once the uh, the meat was ready, the other meat was ready. You had pork belly, and what he affectionately called armadillo eggs. Hmm. Now, Mike, I don't know if you've ever heard of an armadillo egg. I've heard of it. I've never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it doesn't next... sound. It doesn't sound like it would turn out well for me. I'm not sure though. Oh, okay. No, it's it's better than you think, actually. You you've okay, got you've, go. you've got a you've got a pepper stuffed with uh, cream cheese and shredded a sweet, cheese. A sweet pepper, okay. not like yep. not like a super hot one. At least that's what okay. I saw. It wasn't a super yep. hot one. And, yeah, that's and then, I'm a figuring armadillo that it would be super spicy. Yeah. No, it was not. It was it was just the regular sweet peppers. And then uh, he the sweet peppers were encased in. Um, ground pork with his with his own seasoning blend and then that was wrapped in bacon and then covered in barbecue sauce gotta do a lot of running in the morning after that one (laughs) (laughs) well that's 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 what the game is for (laughs) burn it all off fuel right there you burn it right off yeah i think the ugly with the argos on monday night i hate harping on that you know nitpicking but Cameron Dukes, that short yardage package. Um, uh, this has been an issue with Toronto, like the last few seasons. You know, trying to figure it out until they, you know, they had Chad Kelly do it. And I'm a little reluctant to have Kelly do it all the time, but they got no choice in key situations. Um, you know, I know NFL teams with Jalen Hurts and others they risk their quarterbacks all the time in quarterback sneaks. So you can do that with Kelly. I, I wish the the Argos operation. It, it was an issue in BC last year. It was laughable how bad that was. So they're at the goal line, not being able to score. But the, the Argos need to, at some point under the Dinwiddie regime, they kind of figured it out with Kelly, but they need to figure it out with another quarterback in terms of being able to execute. You have the defense at a disadvantage in that situation. It's just funny to me sometimes with some certain CFL teams in Toronto too, 
They have to figure out. They have to figure out that situation. I don't know. Like I don't know what the answer is to be honest with you, unless it's Kelly, because I don't see them bringing in another quarterback just to do that. And, so, and the and the funny thing in with that with that is when you when you look at the guys who did the short yardage before the the guys, I mean, you know, Matt, MBT did the uh, did the short yardage, you know, when he was uh, you know third stringer. Chad Kelly, when uh, when he was playing behind uh, behind Mac, was uh, was the short yardage guy. They just keep, you know, graduating to that, and then all of a sudden they can do the short yardage when they're the starter. For whatever reason, they couldn't do it there, but you know. So it, it's it's yeah. I was I used to get a kick out of watching MBT for it because do it because you, you you he's not really suited for that, but it's all heart, you know. Like all heart and determination, or ten. Like so, <laughs> it's kind of funny watching him lumber lumber forward, kind of lumber forward. You know, like he's willing to take hits. You know, like he's not scared to put his head. I watched him in the in the in the USFL take a lot of hits. Um, <laughs> so he's a he's a tough guy there. But you know, yeah, they just I just feel like I'm a little like if you look at the Toronto situation, um, the they have depth at every position for sure. But the one area you have to worry, you hate to even bring it up, but you have to worry about Chad Kelly missing time. You hope it doesn't happen, right? But, you know, it, that that's the one area where you're not sure, you know, with Brian Scott and uh, Cameron Dukes. I would assume Scott would be the guy. Dukes is kind of mm-hmm. – but I don't think Dukes is not doing a very good job. Dukes, I like him as a player. He has some talent, but he's, he's not doing a very good job in his designated role. And it's a pivotal role in Canada. Yeah. So, the Argos haven't had it, you know, you know, there was, you know, there were some points of that game that was close to BC and then it broke open in the second half, obviously, and all that. But, but uh, there's going to be situations this season where they're just going to rely on Kelly uh, in crucial situations. Mm-hmm. But there, there, there are points though, where someone else has to be able to, to handle that. You know, well, uh, I if, think if you're they, gonna, if they you, did, they did get Kelly yeah, in there towards the end because uh, Dukes had, uh, I mean that t- he did ultimately get a touchdown on that drive, but if you remember it, it was a bit of an adventure. He, I think he oh missed the sneak. BC was offside, and then of course in the third quarter they Argos go for it on third and one near midfield and, and get stuffed. So by by the end they did eventually put uh, a Chad Kelly in there. Um, so yeah, you know like one of the things that Winnipeg, one of the things Winnipeg's been really good at, and you know they, you know they do reigning MOP there and Kolaris and uh, Kolaris and all that stuff, and but they've been good at with their backup quarterbacks and executing, you know whether it was Dakota or even Drew Brown, you know they they don't jeopardize. You know Zach can do it, but like we know Kelly can do it, but I you know that's where I'm a little bit worrisome. Like you, I would at this point it's the operation too. Sometimes it's the design, you know that I'm not a big fan of and some of the, you know, it didn't come, it didn't come back to bite the Argos on Monday night, but there's going to be situations during the season, uh, you know, in cl- close games where they're going to need to execute that. You can't have that situation, that goal line sequence, you know, the Argos, you know, they almost got shut out of that spot. I know the BC bailed them out, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that I'm nitpicking, but if I was going to go for an ugly, that's something that I've noticed the last few seasons that, you know, for whatever that operation should be a lot cleaner than it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad. Um, Doug, did you have anything for bad? Um, well, bad as in bad to the bone. <laughs> All right, we'll take it. We've done it before. Let's bad as in bad to the bone. Robertson Daniel Lion Slayer. 
<laughs> that man yeah. is bad to the bone. Holy cow. Whoa. I mean, there's a guy who's been snake bit his entire time here. He's played before this is, and he's played like what, maybe three, four games tops. And now, yeah. and now we're seeing, now we're seeing what he can, the, the amount of production he's bringing. I mean, three interceptions against, against, uh, against one of the top offenses in the league. Exactly. Incredible. Incredible. He's bad to the bone. Um, yeah, I I don't think there, there was much else bad. I mean, we've touched on everything, uh, in the, in the ugly and some of it wasn't that ugly. I I, I kind of have a bad, but it's not related to anything that happened on the field. Well, uh, my my ugly wasn't related, so let's go. I kind of felt that the um, the all time Argo inductions were a bit rushed. Mm-hmm. They were done in the middle of the first quarter, and if I don't know if you noticed the one for Daryl Mitchell, they had to rush them off the field because <laughs> they were Did, ready to call. Daryl Mitchell <laughs> rushed them off the field because he knew what was coming. Yeah, <laughs> it just I kind of just felt like. You know what? This is the first time we're inducting guys in a couple of years. They both contributed significantly to Argo's history. Right. I mean, I, I don't know what logistical considerations there were, but I, I kind of felt like this is something that the Argos ought to have done pregame or at halftime. They deserve yeah. better than sort of a, a, a you know yeah. a minute. Mm. Mookie, especially. That was a good bad. That was a good bad. Um, yeah, I got to agree with that. Maybe Mookie had way too many armadillo eggs and he wanted to get it over with <laughs> before halftime or something. I don't know. But yeah, that was that wasn't that what that's like ill conceived. Like you you have to honor those those all time Argos in a special mm-hmm. way. Um, you know, kind of like a rush. Hurry up and get out there. Yeah, yeah, just wave and get out of there. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, that's not really the way to go with that. I agree with that one. That's a good bet. Um, all right. Well, well, let's just jump right in, right into the good. Um, Mike, if you could pick one thing that hasn't been said already, what was your good in this game? That's a good one. Um, there's, so much, there's so much good to pick from. Um, you know, the, the Javon Leak punt return changed the course of the game. I, I love the blocking on that play. Moves he made in the open field. Speedy showed when he broke free. Uh, you know, these role players that are in the game for those specific reasons, the Qantas figures, the Brandon Calvert, if they continuously do that um, on those types of plays, um, the Argos are going to be literally unstoppable because that's been the weak point for the team the last few years, inconsistency of their special teams. Mickey Donovan, Javon Leak, that'll be very happy with the result of that play, it changed the game. Not to say that Toronto couldn't come back and win in the game, but um, it kind of, it, it set the tone and it completely flipped the game. So that, that to me, is like the ultimate good because you already know Toronto's offense is balanced and, 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 and excellent shape. You know, the defense, um, Darius Pickett, some of those hits like Roberts and Daniel, definitely bad to the bone. Um, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, there was some hits during that game, that uh, delivered by Pickett that uh, I thought were going to, you know, be lights out for a few players. Um, so there's, um, there's some way to his own teammates even. So, um, yeah, there, there's a, 
those are those are kind of that's what stood out to me. The good was the the special teams unit stepping up like that because they had a rough week against Edmonton. It was kind of like oh, camouflage. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you know when you win in games, you know you forget about the stuff that didn't go right. And uh, I was harping on that the special teams aspect after the Edmonton game it was one thing that I was worried about against BC because they're usually pretty good on special teams. So that was the the real good. That's that was promising. And again, another player where you like you got to find a way to keep the guy active. So Leak was important during the Yargos playoff run last season, kind of unheralded. And so um, got to get, got to keep him dressed as well. Mm-hmm. Will, what was your uh, good for this week? Oh, <clears throat> no, certainly concur with Javon Leak. Uh, it's touchdown change the complexion of the game. Um, but I am going to go you know, talk about Jonathan Jones for a second. You know what? The, the guy is like our, 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 our Swiss, he's the Argo Swiss army knife on that linebacking core. You know, he filled in for Winton McManus last year when the latter went down, played well, you know, had to start that great cup game and played very well. And, you know, this week he gets called to, Go to middle linebacker because you know both Henock Mwamba and Jordan Williams are down and uh, didn't look at out of place at all. Had an interception, a sack, five tackles, and you know what? I really hope they can find a way to just keep him in that lineup mm-hmm. somehow, some way. It, it, yeah. You know. Well, I, th- I think if you notice too, like they they have been uh, rotating um, the linebackers in and out too because you even saw jack cassar get some snaps um you know even even the game before jones was uh was well jones came in when uh, mcmanus got ba- got banged up last game um but they, they you know they i counted about four or five different linebackers uh lining up at various different spots um in the in this game as opposed to our you know normal three that uh, would be out there so they're they're rotating them in so I think if they, that seems to be kind of the key, is keep everybody fresh, and it seems to be working. Corey Mace is killing it. <sighs> I, you know, I, I the, the way he's, I know he's got a lot of talent, so people will probably discredit it, but the way he's utilizing his talent, how aggressive they are, how creative they are in their blitzes, they're raising hell. Like, they're making it so difficult on opposing teams. And so... Um, it's not easy navigating those waters. He's got a very good staff, a lot of good assistants, Joshua Bell, Will Fields, everybody else there. But, uh, you know, if Mace doesn't end up taking a job, because the, the unfortunate thing with the CFL is the assistant coaches don't get enough money. So um, there's a cap on all that, and Mace deserves more money than he's getting as a defense coordinator. Maybe he'll be a head coach somewhere in the CFL. That'd be great for him. Not great for the Argos, but great for him. But, but, uh, you know, the, the Argos might lose him, you know, because he, he's a really brilliant young, you know, that game Monday night, t- I have a lot of respect, too, for BC's defense coordinator. It didn't work out that well for him on Monday night against the Argos, but um, I like Ryan Phillips, too. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, Corey Mace has been so impressive. I really, like, there were there were times last season where I was critical of him, um, how conservative he was and all that, but just the way he's utilized that roster, they have very good problems. They have... They have a ton of line. You wish they could start five linebackers as fucking they are. So, um, it's, I know one of them is a dime back there and Pickett. Pickett does everything for the team. That's amazing. Yeah. So, 
So it's they just they just Manx is just doing a great job of utilizing his players, rotating them in and out. Um, this team's you know I'd have to look it up. You guys are more uh, you guys are historians for sure, and you would know this, but I don't know what the sack record is for a season. I'd have to look it up for Toronto, but uh, this team has the potential to to match or break some of those records because they're on a record pace right now. It's it's um, and they can they can, they should have more sacks than they already have. So, and a lot of it has to do with scheme because they're defenders that are going. And Thomas Costigan's been a nice pickup. I know he was a good player for Edmonton two years ago. He had six sacks, but um, he's on a tear. But a lot of times these defensive linemen are running into the backfield free because the offensive linemen are confused. The opposing <laughs> offenses are confused by the where the blitzes are coming from, who to pick up. So um, it's fun to watch. It's, they're really oh, they're, yeah. they're de- their defense is must see. So they're just they're fun to watch at the last scrimmage. They're blitzing on second and 23. I mean, <laughs> I don't really, see a problem. I do not see a problem with that whatsoever. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, I think that, that I love the aggressiveness and the creativity that's involved. I know it helps when you have a very talented roster, but, but uh, Corey's, uh, Corey's getting better as a coach. So he's evolving as a, as a yep. coach in this league. So, so it's, 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 it's really fun. like the Argos defense is fun to watch. Oh, hundred so, oh percent. Yeah. hundred percent. There's chaos on every play. <laughs> like it's, it's just tremendous. It's, it's tremendous to watch. I really, of all the coaches I've watched this year in the CFO. And sometimes I have gripes with the way certain coaches handle things and the coordinators and play calls and all that. Uh, Corey Mace has impressed me a lot. I think he's gonna he's gonna either end up going in the states and getting an NFL job, or he's gonna get a CFL head coaching job. He'd be on my list if I yep. uh, of coaches I'd want to talk to. But uh, I think it needs to be pointed out how great he's been, and I'm, I'm really because some coaches are steadfast in their ways and they don't change. And um, the evolution is is what has impressed me the most about him. Mm-hmm. Doug, what was your good? Oh, let's let's talk running game here. I mean, this is something that like I think this has been kind of a sec. I mean, I know it's a passing league in the CFL and it's kind of secondary, but you kind of need the running game to open up the pass a little bit. And holy cow! In- I mean, you've got AJ Olette putting up incre- like incredible numbers early on, and then. Like, like when we've talked about the depth before, but I mean, behind him, you've got Andrew Harris, who in it, who is another all-star. You have Javon Leake, who is up and comer, who is, who's just, who's now pretty much just made his name on the, on the return team. And Dan Adebaboye, who's also, who is also an up and comer, but he's proven to be that he's proven to be a good uh, hand as well. When, well, AJ and Andrew both get tired. So, and I mean, he put, I mean, he put up 70 yards, got another rushing touchdown when he run in there, credit to the O-line on that. He ran in there. He was completely untouched on that touchdown. So, and I just think it's refreshing to see like our, like our running game being as dominant as it's been being. Yeah. Yeah. And and the run design, Chris Sweet's doing a great job with that offensive line. They got so many talented young Canadian offensive linemen. McCastro looks great, by the way. It's great Mm -hmm. to see him come. Great to see him come back to form and the design of the run game. Like this is what I, this is what impressed me about a coaching staff. They're getting stuffed, calling certain plays 
they adjust and then, you know, BC can keeps falling for the banana and the tailpipe and you don't want uh, AJ Willette, you know, getting to the second level. I mean, you want that if you're Toronto, you don't want that if you're an opposing defense. Um, so there he's running clean through without anybody touching him. That's just tremendous. That's a combination of tremendous design and tremendous play from your line. And if he and if he does and here's the thing, if he does get touched, he's still gonna get at least three or four more yards carrying three guys on his back. I'm so glad they brought him back. Like um, you know, that was that was an important that was an important re signing by Toronto. Um I know running back position is not as valued in Canada as it is in America, but I think he's such an important player. He was, you know, people overlook in college, he was a team captain. He was the same type of player in college. So I mean, uh, team, team captain there with, the, you know, his buddy Rourke. So, but, uh, you know, so AJ's a very important player for the team. He sets the tone. He's really good. He's a really good football player. He's tough as hell. He can block. Uh, he can catch. He can obviously run. Um, he's galvanizer. You know, he's just, he's, just, he's just like the kind of guy you want to go to war with. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch him run downhill and run people over and make something out of nothing. And he's getting – he's – He's making something out of big somethings because they're really they're creating lanes for him. And Ryan did it wasn't lip service, you know. Ryan did what he last year talked about how he wanted to become. People were like like scoffing at it. He kept saying he wanted to be a run dominant team, you know, and like, like <laughs> because considering his background as a quarterback and passing guy and all that, and considering what the Canadian game is, but uh, he's not kidding. They're definitely committed. Um, to running the football, I was really impressed by their adjustments that they made as a coaching staff. Um, you know, yeah, they switched it up, and it worked. So, uh, yeah, that's a very impressive part of the Argos right now. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to um, narrow it down now that we've, we've talked about all these these good things in the game. Um, I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about special teams. We've talked about the 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 offense. You know, let's they, let's look at this uh, this offensive line. Um, you know, and give them a good this this week. You know, we we mentioned it briefly. Um, Nicastro is uh, back at center right now. Uh, Dylan Giffen played well enough to uh, to get the start at uh, at right guard there. And uh, when he went down, McKellar came in, and they didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah, and credit to Ryan Hunter. Like, this has been a different uh, Argos offensive line since he joined them last year. Um, I, think they, I think they lost only, like, one legitimate game with him in the lineup. They've been much better. The team was at 1.45 last year. They signed him. They had that ugly game against Calgary. But then, then from there, um, the, the offensive line has gotten progressively better. Um, and now it's carried over into this season. A lot of it has to do with coaching and design. I think Hunter is, like, an important part of that. The Castro being healthy. Again, Vince Magri, you know, like former Canadian lineman himself. Look at the look at the scouting he's done. McKellar's a better player now than he was last year. He had some hiccups along the way. We know how good Nicastro is. Um, Giffen, seeing how he's playing. So, and we'll see what they do with well, when they get back from the bye with Sirocco and all that, and figure things out. We'll see the severity of Giffen's injury, uh, how long he's out. But, but their depth in the interior is such that you don't have to rush guys. Um, back from injury you can you can mix and match and do all kinds of things they have to figure out left tackle Dijon Allen's act of a player um 
<laughs> just mauling people on the, uh, that AJ Ouellette uh, touchdown run. So it just took a, took a the Lions defender out of the equation completely. So they're just they're just you know they're just the offensive line, and that was an issue. You know, Philip Blake did a serviceable job last year. They had they they you know they they, they made it work. But I think Hunter's a big factor in this. Chris Sweet deserves credit for what he's done there, and um, I think the design is really really good. Like the design of their runs, and then when he wasn't lying, it wasn't lip service. You know, they they're really nope. committed to being a mm-hmm. running running football team, and they they got the catalyst there with AJ. Like he's Perfect guy to lead the way for what they want to do. Well, uh, yeah. That was, I, we, that, was probably, that was probably one of the longest good, bad, and uglies that we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, that's okay. That's, that's right. We've got, gone into it. You know, so it's, it, feels, it feels strange to be just so glowing about every aspect of the team right I know. now. But it, just, it feels strange. Like, it, it's it really, but they're – it's just it's just hard right now we'll see how things go it's a long season but it's hard right now to not be you know to not be complimentary of mm-hmm. of everything that you're saying you know that's another thing you know they'll do everything in power to, to keep him and he wants to stay there but like you know it's it's probably a good thing that you know a lot of cfl media members and people are not paying attention to the job vince has done in the argos front office because if i was if i owned the cfl team uh, vince magri i would him the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, uh, and let him run the entire football operation if it was me. Based on what I've seen um, with the roster they put together, how they how well they scout Canadian talent, I think people are just waking up. Like, you know, I've had a lot of discussions with people in the in the CFL reached out to me um, that work for different teams, personnel department and all that. And I've talked up a lot of different players and aspects of Toronto. And I think people are just now going, you know, I've had a couple of people reach out to me today and say, you know what, Mike, that Toronto roster is something else. I'm like, what I tell you? So well, it's like. I mean, I mean and, and you, you touched it on, on the beginning, right? You know, you, you Vince Magri, he's been with this team for a long time. Oh so he's, he's grown, grown up in this, in this system where, they just find player after player after player. You know, look at the look at what we have um, as far as starting quarterbacks in this league. Trevor Harris, found by the Toronto staff. Vince Magri, part of that. Yep. Zach Caleros, found by the Toronto staff. Magri, part of part of that 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 group. Cody Fajardo, once again a Toronto guy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, now we're checking, we got four of the five starting quarterbacks in this league were brought in by a one variation or another of a staff that contained Vince Magri. So yep. he, he's, he's not, uh, he's, he's learned every, every little bit he probably can. And I think with pinball, being kind of the face as the general manager. Yes, he's probably got some, you know, some sway, but it allows Magri to do the job without having to worry about any of those extra things that a general manager is is going to have to do, you know, as far as, you know, doing the PR stuff and and here this that and the other thing. Um so he can just do do the job of finding these players that he's benefited from all these years you know we're we're talking well over a decade of 
that system and those connections through every, you know all the different various levels of football and he's he just they just keep building them so he, I mean, look at all the moves. You know, credit to Murphy, too, who's back with the Argonos organization. That Chad Kelly trade, that was something else. The Nick Arbuckle Chad Kelly trade <laughs> that the uh, the Argos pulled off. That's like, what a, you know, we'll see how it goes the rest of the way. But that's one of the best trades in franchise history. Um, you know, getting the good negotiation rights to Kelly. And then you talk about all the quality quarterbacks that have come through the Toronto organization. And my group is a part of that group. You know, it's. When you, to me, I, I, you know, you notice the Canadian talent, and then you also notice, you know, leaving every stone unturned for the Qantas figures types, and also have an open mind, being open-minded about other leagues, even the global player they draft. You know, a lot of times that's considered a throwaway as an all-star, in Haggerty the punter. So, you know, and then you know they 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 scout every league. So they they not only does Mongery have knowledge of Canadian football university football but he's he's also had knowledge of leagues around the world he's paying you know you look at a lot of the guys you know like the sean oakman's xfl player deshaun allen's xfl player cam phillips xfl player uh, robert priester xfl player Tavares mcfadden xfl player you got fcf player and quantas figures so you you they're leaving no stones unturned and these are all important players i just mentioned so and then it's great to see you know, all these Canadian linemen uh, emerge and all these young guys, Giffen, third round pick, and then you got Robbie Smith. So a lot of times people that are ignorant or don't pay attention just think of the Argos as like the team that's cheating the salary cap. But you look at all these hidden gems they've been picking up and all these top draft picks where, where other CFL teams have draft picks that wash out immediately and or never make any headway in the league whatsoever. Um, the Argos are just, you know, look at you know, McKellar and, and Castro and Giffen. And so these, these are just really quality moves. By the, so if it was, like I said, you know, hopefully Magri is a part of this Toronto organization, uh, uh, Argos organization forever. But if I was like an Edmonton, I understand that these have financial constraints, but if I was Edmonton or one of these downtrodden franchises, um, I would at least try to see if I could steal Vince. So, so, yep. You you, I, you take you take that evil out right now. <laughs> you take that you you don't bring that evil onto us, okay? <laughs> they may have to give Magri the title eventually. Oh yeah, yeah they're gonna I, have to. They're gonna have to. Uh-huh. What yeah. Pinball does is, I mean, he's the closer. Yeah, I, I know he's the closer. Well, I know yeah, Bill Pinball's Manning's a great pitchman, and he's the salesman, and there's no and and he's. And he's almost like a de facto coach sometimes, you know, like he's, you know, like the way he riles up the coaches, the, he helps out Dinwiddie and, and then he's also like, he, he galvanizes the players too. But yeah, you know, Vince is going to have to get that main title because yeah. I, I don't know how many CFL teams want to spend money, but I would like, if I'm in Edmonton, I'm like thinking, all right, you know, it's just amazing to me that Vince Maggie, a fellow Canadian, doesn't get. You know, I mean, I, I, it's just amazing. He doesn't get the notoriety he deserves for the work he's done. It's just yeah. well, I think if, if Bill Manning gets uh, turfed as president, Pinball maybe goes up to president, Vince Magri goes to GM, and the Argos will hire a sort of a VP of business operations. Right. You still need I'm, Pinball around in, in, in some fashion, but I, I think Magri deserves that GM. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I bu- I bump his. You know, I, like again, there's some CFL teams that have like uh, financial constraints. It's like one of the things that I'm bringing up with the assistant coaches and all that. You know, like Ryan Dinwiddie wants to give everybody in his staff a raise, but it's not up to him. And so, mm-hmm. so, so you know, I mean, he talked about that openly in the off season. How like he, you know, he's he understands if he he's supr- he was surprised to not lose assistants. Um, so you know, it's like it's like okay, yeah, yeah, you know, thank you very much for for not hiring my guys, but you know, you know, that's what's gonna you know that's what happens with success. You know, you eventually you'll be like Winnipeg where everybody just hires. Not that it, that always worked out for certain teams, where it just hires everybody off the O'Shea tree. But that that's then what he keeps us up. You know, a lot of coaches are gonna get hired off of his tree. So. Yep. Um, yeah. Mm. So it's just, but but that's the product of success, the byproduct of success. Yeah. Well, uh, we're yeah, man, we we did uh, run run long on some stuff, but uh, let's let's jump uh, then right over to our uh, our fantasy picks this week. Um, once again, we won last week. Oh my God! Um, for real? We did. We won we, again? we we won again. How did Jared Zaggy a quarterback here? With Jared, well, I I put the captain on AJ Willette, and the second half looked good. We uh, we had the Toronto defense that scored a lot of points for us, and thankfully our opponent picked a lot worse players. <laughs> um, wow! Like like how bad are we talking here? Uh we beat them by about thirty points. Who who? Oof. Uh, Parkies. Really? From the from the turf. Shut up. Yep. yep. No way. He must he must have taken pity on us and thrown it. I don't care. I don't care either. To be <laughs> fair. Oh, I'll I'll lord it over him with my two rings. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and and now that that puts us. But the, in... but, the, but to be fair, I do owe them all a hug. The yeah. poor the poor yeah. bastards over at Turf oh, District. Yeah. Yeah, Edmonton's. Uh, they don't. They don't. Does they? I mean, okay. Well, they kind of do, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's let's grab a couple players for uh, our fantasy team here, quick, since we don't have Argonauts to pick. Um. Where are we gonna go? Um. I took I took a flyer on Vernon Adams rebounding this week. All right, that's what we're mm-hmm. doing. Because I don't have a better idea, and he's actually not a bad. He's he's only twelve and a half. Cody Fajardo's more expensive. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, Trevor Harris is more expensive too. If you wanted to take advantage of Edmonton's shitty defense, but yeah, I mean, but I mean VA at twelve and a half, pff, that's a steal. Take that all day. Um, uh, let's grab a running back here. I took Jamal Morrow because that's yeah. Yeah. I did. I'm doing the same thing. Okay. And uh, let's grab a wide receiver here for the. I took Ackland for one receiver with uh, what's his face back. Oh, with, um, with Mazzoli back. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cause you, cause you know, that's going to be a connection. That's going to be pretty hot for touchdowns. At least in my yeah. opinion, you could you could also say I could also say you could also possibly throw Austin Mack or Julian Grant in there. Yeah, Ju- Julian Grant's been uh, pretty good for us too. He got us 15 points last week, so 
yeah, I mean, he's he's been on fire lately, so. All right, and runs a lot of hands. And uh, Mike, who's your defense this week? Did we lose Mike? I don't know. Did we? Did he have to hang up? Looks like yeah. Well, he's not in yeah. this. Yeah. You know, we lost him. Ah, we lost Mike. All right. Well. Uh, we'll just get through this here. Uh, defense. Well, there somebody's playing Edmonton. We might as well pick pick that. What do we got here? Yeah, it just says. Yeah, I'm just looking on Skype here, not on this call. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we lost. Well, yeah. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll do that and we'll throw. Yeah, and we'll make Vernon our captain. We'll go from there. I've got Saskatchewan as the as the defense right now, just because they're playing Edmonton. And everybody seems to do well playing Edmonton. Uh, the the weekly picks. So we've got four games on the skid this week. Start off uh, Thursday night, Edmonton at Saskatchewan. Will is going to... Uh, I think the though I don't know he's he's probably going to pick an Edmonton to pick uh, uh, Edmonton in these circumstances. <laughs> no, by by default, will uh, pardon me. Will's probably punting. Um, that would be my preference. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can you can. It's, I mean, I've I punt when I'm got a choice between two. When I've got a shitty choice yeah. to make, I'll just punt the ball. Well, I'm picking Saskatchewan. Doug, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Saskatchewan as well. They're, I mean, I hate to say it, Edmonton's dog shit right now, so I can see them taking advantage. All right, then we got uh, Calgary at Winnipeg. Um, yeah, I, I Calgary does not look good. They're definitely a shell of their former self. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Winnipeg in this by by at least ten points by double digit victory. Doug, I'm taking Winnipeg as well. Same. Will, yep. Ottawa and Hamilton. You were like you. I heard a giggle there. I heard like a little snicker out of you there. I didn't giggle. Nobody giggled. Uh, Ottawa and Hamilton. Doug, how 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 bad how badly is Ottawa going to beat Hamilton? I don't know. It it's going to be. I figure it's going to be at least fourteen. But if Mazzoli and Acklin, I think this is going to be like a Kill Bill style revenge story. So I could see it being at by at least twenty. And and to be quite honest, I just want this Ottawa to win, so it sets up toilet bowl two. That in that <laughs> on the thirteenth, and then that point Edmonton will beat him at that point. So, so yeah, Ottawa Ottawa by Ottawa by at least two touchdowns, at least fourteen points. Oh, 
I'm I'm going Ottawa. I'm not as confident that uh, that it's going to be that that big of a margin. But yeah, I'm still picking Ottawa on this. I just think Hamilton's uh, Hamilton's very bad. And they and they just signed Kai Loxley too, so that's desperation. Robin of Loxley. <laughs> uh, Will. Yeah, I think it's the Jeremiah Mazzoli revenge story. Yep. All right, and uh, then on Sunday evening, we've got uh, Montreal and BC. Speaking of revenge stories, yeah, I think this is this is going to be one of these games where BC is going to come in. And they're they're gonna and it's a home game for them. They're gonna be coming in pissed off. Yeah, I I think Ryan Phillips is going to be throwing everything, it, it, including the you know the the three of the bathroom stalls from the locker room at uh, at Cody Fajardo. Possibly a porta potty um, as well from outside. It probably grab a couple trucks, some some people's barbecues. Because I mean, because uh, I mean, I mean, Montreal's O line isn't good, and with BC, and here's the thing: with BC get, gave us what was it, three sacks? Yeah. And our, our O line is like considering that we didn't give up. Do we? I don't think we gave up a sack in the first two games. Uh, we gave one, I believe. Okay, so okay, yeah. so one. So yeah, well, but still one sack over two games, and then BC comes in and puts three on us. They're gonna put at least. I think at least nine against Montreal. <laughs> yeah, so BC all the way in this one. I can see it happening. Yeah, I, I see BC is coming in pissed off. And yeah, I, that home crowd is going to be behind them, too. So I have a feeling Cody Fajardo is going to walk out of there and it's going to be, you know, ducking on the bus. He's gonna, no, they're going to wheel him out like Super Dave Osborne after he gets freaking clobbered by whatever the hell he got clobbered with in, <laughs> in the during the week. Yep. He's going to be a helmet on feet. Will, do you feel the same way? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, we're like un, a, a unanimous this week. Yeah. A, unanim, a, a unanimous Cody, Cody Fajardo who's going to be a, he, a helmet on feet. I feel sorry for him. Mm. Really, really do. Oh yeah, poor bastard. You know, you know. If I'm Montreal, I'm preparing for an onslaught of blitzes and people coming from every which direction. <laughs> and then, if I'm Ryan Phillips, I may just all of a sudden go from just destroying that offensive line to flipping the script and making them really confused uh, at some point in the game. And, uh, you know, when they're not sacking Cody Fajardo, I think they're going to get several interceptions as well. Well, they might, they might do that just based off, just based off forcing the error. Yeah. I just do that and just forcing the error. Cause I mean, like, I mean, yeah, because you know, because you know, the like the offense is going to be pissed off because, well, VA gave up six interceptions, including a pick six. That was the exclamation point. And then you have the defense, who 
is going to be pissed off because they they forty flaming mean, forty five points. Yeah. So I hate to say it much. This is not, this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, and and just because after talking with that, I I I flipped our defense from Saskatchewan to uh, to BC. Hmm. Yeah, because you yeah because you know they're gonna they're gonna be yeah. livid. Yeah. Well, I mean there were some other little bits of tidbits and news in in the, in the CFL. There were some people uh, released and signed, and you know not much not much concerning us. Um, other, other than a lot of player of the week honors headed our way. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're top, of, top of the power rankings, top of the power rankings for your favorite site, Doug. Yeah, yeah, do you, yeah, do you, yeah. I, I was shocked. I was utterly shocked because I thought they were going to find a way to screw them out just to say, oh, the Argos are second. Sorry, you know, sorry, That's not me. sorry, because we because we're a tie cat rag. You know what? I don't. You know what? At this point, I may just find out where their offices are, just to just to drop off a humble pie. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, I'm, and, and I mean, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna be going there to choke out Josh Smith. I'm not gonna be going there to throw a shoe at John Hodge. No, I'm gonna go there and just drop a pie off on the on 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 in the vestibule, ring the doorbell, and bugger off. Yep. That's all I'm going to do. I swear to I, you, that's all I'm going to do. I think they have, like, remote offices, unfortunately. Yeah. And they, sure. they they even picked the BC Toronto as the best game of the week. <gasps> yeah. But it was also the... <laughs> some Ticats were on a bye, though. <laughs> So that's why they weren't the, that's why they weren't the best of this week. I am taking that as a victory. Um TV numbers look pretty good too for the Argos. 573,000 on uh on uh, TSN. And the only reason that the Winnipeg Montreal game beat them out is because of the RDS view, viewers. Uh Winnipeg Montreal gathered uh 534 on the English side and just over 200,000 on the, uh, on the French side. So. Hmm. So, yeah. I, th- well, this has been a great week. F- and, and not only that, like the, no- and the people coming through the gate as well. Like I have to give a, I have to salute section 116, salute the one, one, six, you guys are on fire. I love you all. Because you make you make you make the DBO's job so much easier when you guys are playing along. So, I mean, this I mean, this is very much like an Argo love fest this week. But yep. but considering we're like we're the, we're we've we're the champs. We're 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 like we're we're basically the Ric Flair of the league right now. <laughs> In his prime. Yes. The Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, sons of guns. (sighs) Woo. Yeah. Space Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, and it always comes back to wrestling. You know what? Uh, since we since it's uh, we're into wrestling, I think it's uh, about time for this. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out. Is this thing on? Yeah. Are you hearing it? The longest three minutes in podcasting today. It is the three minute warning. Um. Okay, first thing I think I think we'll just I think we'll just get on the plane and head to Astana right away. Let's go, let's go, let's go, uh, let's go see what our friend Anton is up to from Kazakhstan. Um, well, he's he was busy. <laughs> as I as I figured he would be. Um, there's one there was there was one that. Uh, Unfortunately, the translate button didn't work, but I figured out what it says. And considering the way we've been acting today and this bye week, you could throw this in a in a either direction, but it would simply says we have a big day. So you can throw that in whatever direction you want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, another one was, uh, based off, um, uh, an interview with, uh, Matthew Shinetti and our boy AJ and, uh, Yar- Yargos retweeted the CFL's interview saying, let's eat. And he retweeted the Argos saying, we will fill your rivers with tears. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I've, I've got to go to is he uh, before the game, he wished everybody in Canada. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day to my new Canadian friends. I drink maple syrup while riding a moose. Mm-hmm. I need to find a moose and syrup. I drink vodka and try to make romantic love to my wife. My wife is like a moose. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least it's not a yak. <laughs> At least he didn't say yep. yak. Yep. We're still gonna still gonna find some yak milk. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned it off the top, but uh, you and Will took a little uh, field trip to uh, to Argos practice yes. last weekend. Yes, we did. That's um, you're probably wondering why I'm here. First of all, well, I'm on vacation this week, so that's why I'm here doing a third show in a row. <gasps> Shocker, right? But uh, but yes, Will and I on can it was Canada Day. We went down to Argos practice at Lamport, where we saw we saw our boys practicing, and they were, were then they were looking they were looking awesome, they were as as awesome as I thought they were going to be on Monday. Um, but I also mentioned off the top of off the top of the program that. Uh, we have a new shirt in uh, in the doubleblueorder.ca store, and uh, it was ba- basically it was just something that we all came up with here. That uh, um, basically off his quick trip to the to the wrestling ring, <laughs> where he had the spear and knocked the dude out with with the, with his gray cup ring, and uh, it's made up in the same style as the Austin three sixteen shirt. And it's, uh, it says Olet3416 on the front, and on the back it says, I just ran through your ass. 
So we managed to get this shirt rushed in. Thankfully, it arrived in time. And uh, we we gave it gave it to AJ after practice was all said and done. And he was tickled pink about it. He was like, oh, this is for me. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you, guys. And uh, it, it, it really it warmed my heart to see him like smile and be like, oh, my God, no way. This is so cool. <laughs> and so he's now officially a uh, the newest uh, player member of the DBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the opportunity to give him a DBO shirt, too. Nice. <laughs> so I still have a little I still had like two or three left from our from the initial order back in was it 2016 2017 something like that so nice so i so i gave him one out of out of the pile and uh he was appreciative of that too and we noticed that when he ran in for the touchdown he went right he went right for our banner so yep oh well what anything else in the in the land of the three minute warning this week doug well just one last little quick thing i mean I just thought, like, for for Quantes stickers, right? I was debating every time Mike was mentioning his name. I was thinking I was thinking of Top Gear. And I was thinking whenever Clarkson, Jeremy Clarkson, inter- introduced the team racing driver, the Stig. So we can just go ahead and call him our team defensive back. And... We could have introduced, and I could have, we could have introduced him by saying, some say he never blinks and that he roams around the woods at night foraging for wolves. All we know is he's Quantes Stiggers. I love it. Yeah. Hammond! <laughs> Hammond! <laughs> you blithering idiot! <laughs> oh, I love it. Mm. All right. With that, um, and you know what, Kate? We're gonna I'm gonna tee up next week, Doug. Mm. We need to come up with the the options for Mike Hogan's intro for next week. Yes. So we will come up with four options. We'll present them on our show next week, and then you'll be able to vote on the on the type of intro that Mike Hogan is gonna get on uh, on our socials, and then we'll figure out uh, how that's all gonna play play out after that. But that's next week. This week, we got to get out of here. We want to thank Mike Mitchell for joining us. Uh, you can find him uh, by Mike Mitchell uh, on uh, on Twitter. And uh, he writes for the CFL News Hub along with uh, pretty much every other football news hub you can, you can probably think of. He's uh, writing for them. But, yes, yeah, specifically covering the Argos for the CFL News Hub uh, from down in, well, today was Massachusetts. And he was very insightful about uh, about the guy about all the guys that we picked up out from from what was it the XFL and the USFL yep. all them so yeah so very very insightful today yep Doug where can they find you you can find me on Twitter at Doug B five one nine you can also find me on Threads now under the same under the same uh, username at Doug B five one nine you can also you can find the double blue order you can also find them on Facebook Twitter Instagram not threads as of yet. I have to coordinate that with somebody. Um, you could also, also our merch store, the AJ Oled shirt, the 
The law firm is still up until I'm going to keep that up until either he leaves a breakers or he retires. And we also have a special, the special Simone sex egg shirt. All that is on doubleblueorder.ca. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com. And you can find me at All Kinds of Clay on the various social media machines and soon to be on threads as well. You can find the Argos Fancast at Argos Fancast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos Fancast. We are powered by Spotify for podcasters, so search us up on Spotify. Type in Argos Fancast. You'll get our silky voices. That does it for the Argos Fancast this week. It's a bye week. So we'll be coming back, still 3-0, and talking about who we're going to beat up next. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>